and welcome to the Redesigning Your Relationship podcast with your hosts, Yvette Valdenegro and Giovanna Burgess-White. Each week, we'll be discussing topics around relationships with a tangible, current, and forward approach. We dive deep and do not shy away from keeping the topic for your interpersonal relationships real. From business associates, acquaintances, to the most intimate relationships, we cover it all. You will laugh, learn, and be inspired by our approach, conversation, and amazing guests. Let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Redesigning Your Relationships podcast. I'm your host, Giovanna Burgess-White, with my co-host, Yvette Valdenegro, where I am in Houston, and you are? I'm in Costa Rica. (laughs) Coming to you live from a whole other place, and we're so excited to talk about the Samantha Jones edition. Um, For those of you guys who don't know Samantha Jones, you've been living under a rock. Uh, (laughs) Our wonderful favorite character from Sex and the City. Uh, We're going to talk, if you've been watching or, or seeing our Instagram this week, where you're talking about what has she taught us over 24 years ago that she premiered on Sex and the City, and what has she taught us in the last two decades? So we're super excited to dive deep into this episode. You want yes. to say anything before we get started? No, just that obviously this entire podcast is based on redesigning relationships. So we talk about anything to do with relationships. And we're going to do, we just, we decided that we're going to do a four-part series. This is part one. We chose Samantha Jones. Um, to go first, but we're going to talk about all the ladies on Sex and the City and how, and if, let's just say, and if they have really changed society or a way of thinking and how their characters have developed over the years and what that really means to all of us and some, maybe some hot and spicy things to go with it. So today we're going to focus in on Samantha. So for those of you guys who haven't watched Sex and the City, Samantha Jones was probably, I, and I would say, and the most fierce and boldest character. And again, this was 24 years ago um, when Sex and the City premiered. And I know that there are going to be people, there's going to be a lot of controversy about her role, um, what she portrayed as a woman. It blows my mind. Um, And, you know, this is a real and raw podcast, how if this were a show about a man, it would be considered normal. Um, But I think she was definitely ahead of the times, but she's taught us a lot of great lessons with the number one lesson in always putting herself first. And as women, no matter what season in our life we are in, we don't put ourselves first. We always come second, third, fourth. Sometimes we just don't even, we don't even put ourselves in any, any place. We're so tired. We're so, um, you know, done with, at the end of the day, because we put our kids first, we put our spouse first, maybe we, we have a, you know, a job that we're putting first, and then we never really take the time for us. And I think back then, 24 years ago, people were like, oh my God, she's selfish. Uh, she hates men. She doesn't believe in love. But at the end of the day, after I believe it was seven seasons, two movies, um, she taught us a lesson that her, she she believed that the relationship with herself was the most important one, which is why she can never fully commit to being with another person. And I thought that that was a great way to segue into our very first, you know, character that she played. But, you know, the women that we we work with, most of them, the number one reason that they're working with us is because they don't know how to put themselves first and they don't know how to not feel guilty because it doesn't feel natural. It's never become natural to us. So I'll kind of stop there so you can talk a little bit about it because I'm super passionate about this uh, character. 
I know. And you know, everything you just said was incredible. Um, one, I want to give just a little bit of a character synopsis before we get started of her. And then two, I know that when I've had conversations, just when you and I decided we were going to do this and then just the conversations about like, what you guys can talk about Samantha Jones? Oh my God. Like it's, it's like, it just gets like, like heated right away in a good way. Um, there are a lot of different thought processes around. I mean, obviously she's a character in a show, but a show that really influences and um, makes a statement and really, I mean, like sometimes I think is life imitating what we see on TV or is TV imitating what is happening in life? So it's kind of one of those discussions. I do want to say that I know that you and I think very strongly in one way or another, but this really isn't about a judgment or a, um, we're here to say it should be one way or another. It's more to say, this is real. Her, her, whether you want to say she was, you know, very dramatic, or you want to say that she was completely dead on as a character and a person, there are people today who absolutely live a life you can say even 100%, like Samantha Jones, you can say 75, 50%, 20%, that some of these things that we're going to bring up today, somewhere in a woman, we think about this, whether we act out on it or not, this is almost what we've been taught in so many ways to believe or not believe. Um, So anyway, some of these things are going to be, and again, I just want to say, if you are an adult out there listening and you maybe have children in the background that you usually listen to our podcast live or on speaker. My suggestion when, during the series is maybe to take it off speaker because I'd hate for us to say something that your child goes, wait, what, what'd they say? Mommy, what does that mean? <laughs> or daddy, what does that mean? If you're listening in your office or your car or whoever may be around you, um, we're, like Gio said, we're real, we're raw, we're just going to be talking. Some of this is quote unquote planned because we do have some slides that we want to show, but a lot of this is just going to be our own thought process, what we're saying. So anyway, let's just dive in. So first we're going to talk about Samantha Jones. I had to remind myself, to be honest, some of the things about uh, Samantha because, and I do agree with you, I think she is iconic. I think that she was so much, even though Carrie Bradshaw was the persona and who she is, that's everything was based around what she was, what was happening. But Samantha was a dominating force. She was a force to be reckoned with, with all of her friends, the people around her, the people that she dated, anyone who encountered her, you knew that you met Samantha Jones. But anyway, she grew up with two sisters. She had an overworked mother and a drunk father. The minute I read that, I thought, well, that is America. And how many people can really relate to just having a background like that? She lived in New York um, starting in the 70s. And her interests were always about parties and sex, which go figure. She was known to everybody in the Manhattan area for being a trisexual, as in T-R-Y sexual, because in her mind, she'll try anything once. Was her was her motto. Um, her relationship status was she was always single until the very end. And we can get into that if we want to. And to her, there was nothing that wasn't, there was no challenges to her. To her, it was if it's going to come at you, then just face it dead on. 
And her personality was honest, tough, and she was extremely loyal to all of her friends, which can, can you say anything wrong about that? Not really. No. All really great qualities that you would want and have in um, a friend. And if you watch the show and if you watch the movies, you would see she, no matter what, everyone would talk about the relationships and her opinions were my favorite because I feel like every single relationship that the rest of the three women were in, she was dead on with it. And we're going to go over some of the quotes, some of her most famous quotes, and we're going to kind of talk about that and and, and dive a little deeper. But I just want to point out again, like this was 24 years ago and, you know, women or and men can think what they want to think about this character. But now I feel like now, back now we're in 2022, we see more and more women say, oh, I'm, we're standing up for ourselves. No, they're just becoming the woman they're supposed to be. And they're really starting to put those boundaries up before they're in relationships, really getting to know the woman that they want to become and understanding that if they're not the woman they're supposed to be and they're not putting themselves first, how are they going to put another relationship you know, next, how are they going to be uh, a good mother, a good spouse, a, a good friend, a good boss, if they can't even have a great relationship with themselves? And I think that's where most women feel that guilt and like, oh my God, it doesn't feel natural. It doesn't feel right. But we go back to this every single podcast. If you are on an airplane and it's about to crash, which oxygen masks do you put on first? You put on your own and then you help the person next to you. That is the same exact example that we talk about in life. If we don't put ourselves first, it's not about being guilty or, or feeling guilty or feeling like that's not the right thing to do. If we cannot put ourselves first before any single relationship, we are setting ourselves up for failure. So one of the things that she she really pointed out, and we'll go through these quotes again, is she always put herself first with not only her, the men in her life, with the women as well. And she had, you know, a, maybe a, a traumatic childhood or didn't have the perfect childhood, but it didn't matter. She created the life that she wanted. And out of all of the characters in the show, she proved to us that she could have the best life. And she did. And I think what we want to do on this podcast, because A, if you're listening, please send it or just make comments. B, if you watch the replay, make comments and we'll comment later on them. But we really want to, like, everything you just said, yes, but there's going to be a whole number of thought processes of, okay, so how far do you take that? She right. obviously took it in a very strong way, but as we go through every single one of these, it's going to be somewhere along the line, someone's going to go, yes, but, and then all the way over to the other side of, you know, you don't understand my situation or maybe I'm different or I think thing or the way I was raised was different or whatever. So let's just dive in. Number one, you just said, we've already been talking about it, that um, to her, she would say, I love you, but I love me more, which I think is the first one that I see her up there shaking her head saying, I love you, yeah. but I love but I love myself more and everything that you just said. So let's go on to the next one. The next one is she would always say, Hey, it's not you. It's him. It's the other guy. It's the other guy that's got issues. It's not you. So what do you, what are your thoughts on that one? I think we always, I mean, and this is, this is, I don't want to say typical. This is like women in general and relationships, not just with, with men, just relationships in general. Anytime there's a problem, we always go to us first. What did we do? What could we have done better? What did I say? Even if it's with our girlfriends, maybe it's at work. And really, at the end of the day, any problem with any relationship or any person, you really have to look at you. You don't know their state of mind. You don't know what they what they think or what they're doing. And at the end of the day, it's their problem, not ours. And that's and I talk about this too with my kids. Like they can be upset and they can have had a bad day. That's not my problem. Like I am their mother and that's what, you know, I need to kind of guide them through the way. But it's not it's not me. I can't I can't fix it. They have to be able to fix the problem themselves. And every single time she got a phone call from the other girls, 
it was like, it's his problem because he's a meeple. <laughs> I'm not going to say that because the, the flag is, but he's a beeple. <laughs> okay. I'm going to play the devil's advocate on this one because I, I know your personality is very strong. Like you just said with your kids, I think to a fault. And one thing that I'm working on right now is that I, I do take on the responsibility of what did I do? How did I say it? Could I said it differently? Maybe next time I need to be a different person. Maybe I, I don't need to be so strong willed or boisterous in how I say things because I, I do. And it's, I guess it's a different way of looking at it, but I do start with me and say, what could I have done to make the situation better before I say, mm, no, it was them. They're really the one that's a beep, beep and a beep, beep. So I, I think you can go at that from two different angles. It, again, every situation is going to be different with this. This is kind of like a generic Samantha Jones. And again, we're not telling you go be her. We're just saying that in every single scenario that she brought up or any statement that she brought up, she always, again, put herself first because that was the most important thing to her was her beliefs, her, what she wanted. So whatever relationship you're working on, our goal here with this podcast today is just to stop and go put yourself first. Don't blame. Don't, don't, don't do the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. Oh, if I, because here's the thing. If a relationship is extremely important to you, the other person in the relationship should already know who you are, you know, how you react. The person, they want to be in a relationship with you no matter what, because they like the person that you are. So if they start to point the fingers back at you or they're starting to, then obviously they don't care to understand who it is and what you do and vice versa. It's a two-way street. This is, again, spouse, friend, boss, um, the relationship with yourself, the relationship with your kids. You have to stop and really think through it before the communication starts. Because most people deal with emotion, deal with the feeling, the feelings that they're in now versus saying, you know what, I get what you're saying. Let's let's touch, touch, touch base in a couple of days or, you know, I, don't, I really don't want to talk about this right now. Let me, you know, think some things through. So all of these scenarios, again, just think of that and putting yourself first and giving yourself the time to process. I think that's the number one thing. We don't ever give ourselves the time to process and really think through something small or something big. We always want to just solve the problem. We're in a society where it's like, let's just figure it out right now. Let me like instant, instant. Okay. Well, you said this, I said this, so you're in the wrong. And then that, that's the way it's going to be versus really understanding the situation and then coming back and saying, okay, now we're ready to talk about it. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on. Don't let, and this is Samantha Jones. Don't let anyone. And I mean, anyone get in your way. Yep. I love this one. Yep. I, I, especially for women. There is something about us that just goes, oh, but, and I think this is like, and not in a mean way, not in a, you know, you're a bulldozer, but seriously, no matter what it is in life, your career, where you want to go, your goals, your personal thoughts, do not let anyone get in your way. At the end of the day, you have you, yourself, and I always, and there's no guarantee you're going to have anyone else around you forever. So if you make sure you are like, Hey, this is where I want to go. Now, again, the balance is you're not a bulldozer. If you're in a relationship, then you talk about, Hey, these are my goals, my aspirations. And this is what I what I want to do. And th this is where, and we see this all the time in relationships. This is where people start to make compromises yep. that they say now, 
well, it's okay. I'll just make the compromise. And then two weeks later, okay, I'll make another compromise a month later. Okay. Now I'll make another. Well, that happens over time. Those little compromises over time equals out to be, okay, now we have a problem because now that person who's made the compromises feels like, well, I don't really feel like I'm being myself. And then they're mad at the other person and they're resentful for towards the other person. When in all reality, they really weren't speaking their personal truth of this is my goal. This is where I want to go. And I am not going to let anybody sway me one way or the other. And I think people, this is also a great um, place to kind of put in situations and circumstances. Those are always going to come up, you guys. This is life. And most people put that, oh, well, because this is not the right time or um, in, in this current situation or because this is happening. And again, when we we have our clients that talk to us about, well, it just wasn't the right time. I'm like, OK, well, when is the right time? Well, if this isn't this falls into place then I can totally get there or, you know, when when my spouse is in a better mood, then I can definitely talk about it. But we go back to building a life on settling or just not dealing with the situation becomes a year, two years, five years, 10 years. And all of a sudden you become you're in a relationship. It's not even real. It's not even you. And then, of course, your partner, your spouse, you know, or whatever relationship this is, doesn't know the real you. And you, women do this all the time. We start creating a life that isn't even ours. It's a life that revolves around everyone else, a life that revolves around the people that we love. And then, you know, we're lost. And that's where, where you know, marriages start to have problems or, you know, a lot of women, and this is this is the sad part, think that that's normal, that this is the way the life should be and that they've done all the things right and that, you know, everything's it's the way it's supposed to be because they've never had the conversation. And the conversation starts with you. What do you want? And it's going to change. You're never going to be the same person all the time. Growth, you know, this is just exactly like I always talked about books. You have different books in your life. You have different chapters. And if you're a partner and you aren't talking about that and you're not, you know, it, again, the situation can be different for everyone. It's every year, you know, maybe it's quarterly, maybe it's every two years. You have to have some sort of uh, plan on growth in your relationship and the one with yourself because you're never ever. I, I hate when people tell me, well, that's not the person that I married. Well, I sure hope not because the person that you married 10, 15 years ago shouldn't be the same person. And you shouldn't either. And if you and if you are, it's not that it's a problem. It's again, we are not taught in society to make those plans. We're taught to go to school, go to work, have the family, have the kids. But it's like, what about me? So this is the time where we really want to make sure that you understand that that's that's okay. You're you are allowed to have your own game plan, your own life plan, and growth is part of the beautiful process. Yeah. I think we could do a whole podcast just on this one because I think that fear comes into play here with you are fearful to say, to be, and to do what mm -hmm. you really want to be doing because you're afraid of what could come back at you if you say, hey, this is really what, well, if someone's not in agreement with where you want to go, that is where the friction begins. And that's where the work is. And a lot of people don't want to put in the work to say, okay, well, let's talk about this. Why, why would this be a, why would this be a problem? Why oh my God. Can I skip to this one? Because it's like perfect. Because I'm talking about this right now. If a guy gets angry, he's a pistol. If a woman gets angry, she's emotional. So back to yeah. the, the standard that we're on that we can't be. Everyone's like, oh, but she's so emotional. Oh, men, men just don't know how to a, deal with their emotions. And emotions are great to have. Emotions are growth. They're part of who we are. And that's the fear. Oh, I don't want to tell them how I really feel. Okay, well, 
that's a big problem. That's a huge red flag. If you can't talk to your partner or your spouse or your chil- even your children about your feelings and emotions, we have a bigger problem. Yeah, there's something underlying there. You, and starts with you, again, starts with you to say what is going on or what's the underlying fear. We want to take a quick moment to let you know this episode is brought to you by Ignite Her Society. Ignite Her Society is a personal growth and development network for women. A community where health, wealth, and purpose come to life. For more information about this one-of-a-kind platform, visit IgniteHerSociety.com. Okay. Um, oh, this one's a fun one. Eat to your heart's content is what Samantha Jones would say. So she would say, hey, I'm starving. Where's the food? Every party, every whatever. Where's something to drink and where's the food? My kind of girl. My kind of, I know. I'm like, but you know what though? Did you not? And I was never this girl. And I promise you anybody that I ever dated never said you don't eat. Um, but I, <laughs> I, I seriously, I don't understand this one, but I, but I feel compassion towards women who just really feel like they can't eat. They just really, food is not an option at any time. I don't know. I just. We'll, we'll have a whole podcast on that. On the relationship. That's some, that deals with emotions. Actually, I know someone that'd be great for this podcast, for that podcast. But yeah, how like emotions do trigger um, eating habits. And then how, again, this is this whole way of like going out on a first date and going out to eat and like not, again, why would you not be yourself on one of your first dates? This is the person that you are. And I, I don't know what movie it was. I think it was like, I don't know, back in the 90s. It was like ordering the salad, you know? It's like, okay, salads are great. There's a purpose for them, but that's not what you should be doing. So this this all lines up to like, you're almost starting a relationship not being your true self. Yeah. yeah. And then it's this just like, oh, well, then I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do this differently because you're always trying to like tend to the other person when really you should just be able to go out on a date and be yourselves. And if it doesn't work, awesome. Thank you. I appreciate this time that you gave me, but this is definitely not going to be the relationship for me. That's it. It, To me, that's way easier than going to three, four, a year and you're like, oh my God, I hate my relationship. Like I can't even be myself. And how many times do we see that happen? All the time. And then they get married. And then you can't be yourself in marriage. Okay. So, okay. This is where make sure you do not have your volume on if you would like people to, because I'm going to quote this exactly the way it's written. I'm not going to shy away. So another Samantha Jones, what guys speak in quotes really means it's their version of saying we is them. Wait, I totally messed that up. (laughs) I'm so freaked out about saying the word. What guys speak really means their version of we is them and their dick. So basically they're talking about themselves. Yeah. But it's okay. Men to talk about themselves, it's not okay for women to talk about themselves. No. So we, when they're saying we is always, and as she's saying, they're thinking with two parts, themselves and their physical, I'll just say penis. I think that's a better word. Um, that's, that's what they're thinking of when they say we, not you and them, but we. And again, what you just said, I think it is, in, and, I, and I always bounce things off of um, the wonderful guys and men in my life. But I think, that, again, this is such a double standard such a double standard. We grow up with, 
Yes, it's uh, and we grew up in Latin families too. So it's the men, the men, the men, the men, the men. However they think, whatever they want, whatever they're thinking with. But a woman comes across that way. Oh my god! Oh my god! What's wrong with her? Yep. What that, again, Samantha Jones? What everybody? I every man that out there is like, oh my god, she was such a whore, and she. Oh, but if a man did that, it was going to be completely fine. Again, twenty four years ago. We're in 2022. I, I've never, I've never met a woman like this bold. I mean, I should go with that fierce and bold. But we do teach women these. It's like I feel like it's a framework. It's a Samantha Jones framework. You're not like the career, her, like even like things that she didn't want to do. She was always and people like raw and blunt. But she still had an amazing group of friends. Her friends never left her. Her friends never. Now with the new seasons and all that, that's not our fault. That's like a real life thing. But in the in the movies and in uh, the series, she I, to me she was kind of the glue. Even though Carrie Bradshaw was the main star, there was something about her that drew you in. So those three those three women they it's like they wanted to be her, but they didn't know how to. They didn't know how to unlock their Samantha Jones, their inner Samantha Jones in their life and their relationship. And that's what we want to teach women watching right now, or or men, because there, I'm sure there are men out there too that can't be bold like this. That they don't, you know, they may have grown up in a different situation or you know had a different upbringing. But it's important. Anybody listening or watching, the number one relationship in your life should be the one with yourself. You will never, you will never have a great life. It just, it, it's that simple. If you cannot have the relationship that you want with yourself and truly be happy, you're never going to be happy. Nothing, nothing or no one or no thing or no, no, no money. Nothing's going to buy that happiness. And that's where we really want you to understand why we started with Samantha first. Okay. So the whole thing about her friends looking at her and all of them wanted to, so I don't, they all have different personalities. So I don't think they actually wanted to be her, but they gleaned from something. And I think that each and every single one of them took something from her in a good way. Like they, you know how that is like you're, you got something going on and they were, they were notorious for getting together and having lunch or whatever they were doing. And then someone would say, Oh, this is what's going on in my life. And then all of a sudden all of them would pipe in and say their thought processes, but she was always having those one liners. And whenever she would say something, it was almost like they'd go, that's it. I'm going to take a little bit of that chunk, mold it into whatever they're going through, and they'd run off at that one. Yep. But yeah, and she was her, not just sexually, like they were just attracted to her boldness and her rawness. And again, it's not that they wanted to be her, but they wanted to have like to be bold like her and to be able to stand up for themselves and re- like in any relationship. Carrie, um, uh, oh God, why can't I think of her name? Not Samantha. Uh, well, the other three, they all had like would have been able to stand up from themselves in one of their relationships or been able to say what they were thinking. Cause they would come back and talk about it at the table. Every time they had lunch or brunch, mm-hmm. they would talk about what they wish they would have said or done. And I think that's where we all kind of, why we like her, why everyone really tended to love Samantha was because she always said what was on her mind. And I know for me as a woman, I tend to surround myself with women that are stronger in areas that I'm not in so that I can learn from them, um, understand that thought process because, you know, geo five years ago is not the geo that's sitting here right now. And it is a lot of inner work. And like, why can't I be that way? Why can't I speak up for myself? Why can't I stop putting other people first? You know, I really thought that was a great quality for the longest time. And what it was doing, it was just making me not become the person I wanted or needed to be or really, it never made me understand who I really 
wanted to become. And I kept on going, well, why don't I have people in my life that do that for me? Or why don't, you know, I have friends that do what I do for them. Instead of comparing, I'm like, why am I not just doing that for myself? Why can't I be as awesome as I am for my relationships for me? And when I started doing that and putting myself first, there were people that left. There are people that still don't understand. You know, some of my family is like, God, that's so selfish. Okay. I'm sorry that you think that, but, and I can't change the way you think. And this is like the old generation with the now generation with the new generation. And that's where it's, you know, I have, we have, I have teenagers, you have kids that are in their twenties. I don't want them to ever think how my parents thought. Nothing wrong with that, but it was that. And especially in a Latina family. It was like the women and the men are up here and women are here. And then you got to tend to the, and like that, if you, if you were the greatest wife and the greatest mom, like that, you lived a, a, a purposeful life. I'm like, oh no, 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 no. That is not the way life is. So, you know, when I did that work and I'm still doing the work now, you know, I, I lost some relationships and I was okay with that. And I gained some new ones and I surround myself with other women who are strong and powerful and bold and fierce so that I can really like almost learn and get teachings from them. And I think that's why Samantha has always been my favorite character. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you brought up a point and we're, I wanted to talk about this later, but well, let's talk about it now. I think it's pretty good. The whole generational thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's, just, I think it's interesting. Okay. There's two things. One, like you just said, there's, you know, the younger generation, well, they're just, just take every decade. That's going to be a generation every decade. Think of all of the people that have even watched the show. Think of the no. generations. I mean, I know my children have watched the show. They know the premise. They know what's going on, especially the girls. They, they, you know, girls are drawn to this. So you have women all over the world, literally watching the show, seeing how these characters do their life. And then you have older generations that are going to look back and go, oh, no, 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 no. That is not how. And there's going to be conflict there. But even more so since we're talking about relationships. So if this is truly a direction in which, say, society is going, we, we don't know, but it seems like as the years go on, women get more and more empowered. How is this going to affect relationships now in the future? The, the relationships that if you're married now, let's just say you have all of a sudden a Samantha Jones epiphany and you're married. You know, like that's, it's all going to affect the, the relationships around us. Yeah. I think it's, it's like the, I've been thinking about all the generations. I'm going to say three generations. To me, it's three decades. Um, and then maybe the 20 year olds now, just because of the new um, and just like that coming out, I think a lot of women right now in their twenties are like hearing about sex in the city, what it was, and they're going back and watching it. Mm -hmm. So I want to start with the 20 year old now. So the, the I would say the now generation twenties going into their thirties. Um, the number one thing that I think is hurting them is the, the dating apps. That's the one thing that in sex in the city, you, they didn't have that. That was back in the nineties. Um, mm -hmm. they had to date organically. They had to do blind dates. They had to do, um, you know, friends because I met a friend, like they date or they dated organically. So I think we've seen this in the, the networking groups that we go to the art, the 20 year olds now which scares me because my teenagers are going into this next generation, don't have a very strong understanding of the person they need to be because of these dating apps and because of social media. They, I, we have talked to multiple 20 year olds who just in listening and having these conversations and they tell us, and even young 30 year olds, how they prepare 
for dating and these apps and the pictures that they have to upload, just again, the persona, the person that they're being is not even them. And I'm like, why can't you just put this picture of you with your dog, like walking down the street that that's you, right? You take your dog. Oh no, because then I'm competing about this girl that's in her swimsuit and doing. So we have, I think that against us is they're not dating organically. They're dating through apps. And then the pressure of seeing these, it's like they're competing with other women and that right then and there. And then they go into dates and they're asked the questions of what do you do? How much money do you make? Like, yeah, that's blunt and raw, but that's also rude. They're a person. And this goes vice, like both ways. I, I would have never in my life gone on a date and asked a person that. I, I think that's just, you need to, to really understand the person that they are. Um, you know, maybe like how they were brought up, like really get to learn who they are versus going. I mean, and the people are asking them on first dates. I was mind blown. I, I remember having the first conversations like last year and I was like, this is happening. And, but it's, it's normal. That's the problem. It's been normalized. It's like, this is the way it is. So the now generation, I think has the hardest. I think what I would call my generation, the 30s going to 40 year olds who grew up with the sex in the city. We were really young. We're watching in just like that. We kind of did a gener- an actual generational change. I think this is the most life-changing because we've been married, maybe been married twice, and there's something inside of us telling like, oh, my God, like, why haven't, like, hello, I know that. I know it. I just haven't done it. And I want to be that person, but I haven't become her. So I think it's, like, transformationally, I think it's the hardest because we've already set up our life. We've already done the things. We already know what we want. We kind of, we're still in that guilt mode where we feel a little bad because it's like, okay, but isn't that selfish? And so doing, and nobody wants to do the work. Let's just, let's just call it what it is. Nobody wants to do the work. Nobody wants to either fix the relationships that are important to them, get out of the relationships that are important to them. We'll talk about, I mean, we talk about the divorce rate being at 52%. Some of these women aren't even talking about or men. They're just like, you know what? I don't want to start all over again. We're just going to settle for the rest of our life. People, I have had conversations with clients, with friends. And we've just decided like we don't want to start over because we have to go back to the, now we have to go to the apps. We got to do like unorganic things. So they just decide that this is going to be their life. So I, I kind of feel like the 30 to 40s, it's either like do it or don't, but don't complain about it because you know what you need to do. You've been through you've been through two generational shifts. We you you can do the work. It's not it's just do it. And then you, I would say 45 and up, right? Your generation. What do you think? I just wrote down if I, I, I think when you use the word guilt, I think my generation lives in so much guilt and condemnation of what you should and should not do because we're so much on the cuff of more of the um, our parent that raised us from the fifties and the forties of this, I do and your manners and what you say, what you don't say, how you act as a woman, how you don't act as a woman. So I think there's a lot of guilt there. If you don't want to, or don't feel like that, that's natural. Then it's like, Whoa. And then you feel weird inside. Like, well, why, why am I a unicorn amongst all these people? The other thing is, I think that there's a lot of, in my age group, there's a lot of hidden, you know, people, what you see, you know, let's just say on camera or in the world is not what's happening behind closed doors. Because again, people don't feel free to express themselves. So I think that they're hidden. And then the next thing is, I just think that we were a little bit dull. Yeah. No, and not in a bad way. I just think that there's so much more to experience now. 
that we just have this kind of dullness about us. Like, wow, our generation were the, we had all our parents that were divorcing. So then we kind of lived a different weird lifestyle, but I just think there's a lot of dullness at this age of just kind of walking through the motions of like, okay, now I'm going towards retirement or now I'm going towards the should things. And you're kind of like, you know, you're kind of coming down, landing the plane, which I personally don't think anyone should ever land their plane, but um, I don't know. I think that, yeah. Well, I also think think that, again, it's back to, you feel like, okay, well, we're already at a point where we're going to retire or, you know, I've already lived half of my life. Let's just put it that way. So it's almost like not natural. And also like, eh, like how bad is it staying here? You know, can I just, can I just graze by? Yeah. And then I also think it's a fear of, because you're closer to the, I would say, I think your generation is the one that started like the change than our generations, like right before the social media. And, and then now it's, again, I, I really do think the generations that we're in now is really, really hard. But I also think it's that I don't want to do something out of the norm. I don't want to be talked about. I don't want to be judged because you're the, I don't want to say, but you are the older generation. And it's like, do I want to go down that road and have to hear things from other people? But it's like, but you can live the rest of your life the way you want it. And we, we have seen this in Ignite. We have, you know, clients that are 60, 70 years old saying, I am just now living the life that I'm supposed to live. And it blows my mind that a 70 year old woman is saying that, and it could be divorced, widowed, uh, still married. They finally started a, a career, like whatever it is, these things are happening, but it's a mindset. And it's also the doing because you can know everything, but it's like, are you willing to put in the work and do it? And I think all three, gen- that's the one thing that all three generations have in common. It's like, okay, get off your ass and just do it. And who cares what people think? Who cares if it's out of the norm? I was talking to a girl last week and she's like, I just, I mean, I have to be on these apps. And I'm like, why? Just go out. Go. It's just not normal. Says who? Like, I well, that's a communication thing, though, too, Gio. That's, you know, learning to communicate outside your phone. Yeah. That's the fear. <laughs> the fear of actually meeting somebody in person. It's like, what, what do you say? What do you do? I'm like, obviously not what you're doing. Obviously, what's not working on the app. So you've got to go try something different. So I think it's the judgment, the again, the fear of the doing. But every woman that we've talked about that's redesigned a relationship, gone and out of a marriage, or has worked on their marriage, has said, the work that it, that we did or what I actually did to get there, I, I, it's like everything's so much better now. A load has been lifted. I'm living my life. It's the fear of not doing that's the worst part of it, not doing it. Once they've done it, they're like, what's the number one thing they say? I wish I would have done it sooner. I wish well, I would have done it sooner. You know, when you're talking about the, tw- I wrote down something about, I really, the younger generation more, because like I said, I think my generation is hidden sexual with their sexualities hidden. Um, your generation, I think, is way more free, but then the twenty-somethings are very free about sexuality, which is great. But I also think that there's—I um, don't know—I guess the the young ladies that we've talked to, there's also like the if they're listening, just think through your actions. Whether you want to be Samantha Jones or you want to be Mother Teresa. And have, you know, whatever, it does not matter, whatever you've, but think it through, like we said in the very beginning. And like we always say, if you know who you are and you're good with that, 
then whether you want to be one or the other, when society comes at you, when your parents come at you, a friend comes at you, you're like, this is me. I, how about the women who want to stay um, pure, who want to be virgins basically when they get married? Awesome. Because that's, they're being true to themselves. They say to themselves, this is what makes me me and I'm going to stick to it no matter what guy some guy says to me, no matter if my friends make fun of me, no matter if my parents think I'm weird, I'm going to stick to this. Other Samantha Jones, if you want to be out there and every guy that you meet every night is a okay, then you have to understand that there's also actions that way that you're going to have to be prepared for. How does that make you feel every morning? What are people going to say? And you have to be within yourself again to say, this is who I am. And it's okay. So it doesn't matter what anybody else says. And there's all the things in between. So just think think through and don't do it because society is doing it. Don't do it because your friend did it. Don't do it because someone said, don't do it. Yeah. Again, go back and go at the end of the day. If my goals are these things, if I want to go down this trail, if I'm trying to get this way in my career, my life or whatever, is that going to measure up who you're being right now? Is that measuring up? sexually dating wise, the people that you're seeing, the relationship you're in, is that going to get you to where you want to go? Oh my God. What a great podcast. Well, for everyone that's either listening or watching, we always thank you for being on and uh, listening to us. If you want to hear about any topics that we have not talked about, any guests that you want us to have on, please make sure you DM us. You can find everything at YG Collaborations. We have tools, blogs, resources, and podcasts every single Friday. Um, And we would love to hear from you. So if you're listening to us on our podcast, make sure you screenshot and share. Tag us. We would love to hear from you. And we will be back next week with another amazing episode. So thank you everyone for joining. Okay. I have one more thing. One more Samantha Jones to end with. I love this quote. It just says, um, don't choose sides, choose fun. And then she says, I don't believe in the Republican party and I don't believe in the democratic party. I just believe in parties. We love Samantha Jones. This is going to be part one of a a four part series. We'll be back with the rest of the women of sex in the city. Thank you again so much for joining us and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Redesigning Your Relationship Podcast. Don't forget to comment, ask a question, and leave a review for this podcast. We are committed to providing information and tools for our listeners to take action steps in all of their relationships. If you would like more information to connect with us personally or begin your journey of creating the relationships you've always wanted, then please visit us at ygcollaborations.com.